everybody. Welcome back to the Coffee and Combos podcast, where the best conversations happen over coffee. I'm here at Gold Standard Studios today. We're hanging out with some awesome people and enjoying some coffee from S3 Coffee Bar just down the street. And I'm so excited to introduce our guest. It is no other than Apollo himself. Woo-woo. <laughs> you guys don't know who Apollo is. He is a singer and songwriter based here in San Diego. And he had recently released his album, Planted, which is so epic. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. That is making me feel good this Aww. morning. Because, you know, as a creative, sometimes you think, what am I doing with my life? Oh, always. So, yeah. So yeah. for you to say that, that warms my heart. I'm not, I'm going to go into this a little later, but um, I really admire your just tenacity for life and like your just like hard work ethic. I know, like, dude, you guys have spent like so much time in this studio working on that album. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it was a definitely a process, and it's so it's crazy because um, I've learned that. It's a learning experience. It's a molding experience. Like mm-hmm. when you're creating an actual body of work, um, you sometimes lose friends. <laughs> you mm. sometimes gain friends. Um, you learn a lot about yourself. And you kind of like, it's kind of like the rising from the ashes every time you do like a project. It's like everything falls apart and then eventually it comes together, yeah. you know? So yeah, it was it was a cool experience. Yay! Here at Gold Standard Studios. Yes, <laughs> just keep plugging them. Right, right, they're right. amazing. <laughs> um, but for those who don't know you, <clears throat> please tell us like who you are, what you do, okay. aside from the quick intro I gave and got you, got all you, that. got you. Okay. So my name is Apollo Lasan. I am a singer songwriter. I am from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I actually live in San Diego now. Um, I look at myself as a, hmm, what is the good word that I want to use for this? I am a receptor, if, mm. that ma- if that makes sense. Like, I feel everything as far as, like, when I'm talking to people, when I'm out in the streets, when I'm reading books or whatever, like, I feel like I feel everything a little bit more than people usually do mm-hmm. so it's um i just have learned how to construct it correctly into like melody and articulate it through lyrics mm, like mm-hmm. i feel like maybe sometimes i don't know the right things to say when i am in a verbal conversation but if you sit down with me and we write a song it will come out correctly. If oh, that, wow. Like I feel like I speak better through music or visuals or something like that rather than in a setting where we sit down and we're talking to each other because I am so unfiltered that sometimes people are like, "Did he really just do that? Did he really just say that?" <laughs> but if you, but if it comes out in music or if it's in a visual, then it's like, "Oh, okay, I get it now." Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I um, I, I look at myself as just an all around artist now and before it's so funny I don't think I could have said that I feel like with all of the trials and tribulations that I've been through I've 
finally found who I am as an artist. Mm-hmm. And I can sit here with you and say, okay, I am an artist. I'm a singer-songwriter. Like, yeah. before it was like I was putting on a facade. And I was trying to become... So I was tell, I was trying to become the things that I was telling people that I was already... I, I already was, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, you know? So... <clears throat> I don't know if that was really jumbled, but... No, it was great because... I am a polar son and I am a creative. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to hear more about your story about how how and why you moved here and also like why you decided to pursue music. So music decided to pursue <clears throat> me. But, oh, um, okay. <laughs> so where should I start? Hmm. We just start at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's so funny because little punk ass Iman is really intertwined in all of this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and for everybody to know, Iman is is my damn best friend. So mm-hmm. I have a different relationship with him. So I can say that. But um, so the journey started when I was probably so I, I was I've been doing music my whole entire life mm-hmm. so I mean to, to the point where I was five years old I was singing like on a jumbotron and at Edward Jones Dome like I ran away from my family like you can call my mom right now and ask her. it's so funny she tells everybody this story but um I've always just been that little guy who wanted to be in front of people and make people feel better mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's like I guess if you if you live a life where you feel like you are the outcast a lot of the times, you know what it feels like to be the outcast. So you you usually don't want people to feel like that. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it's easier for you to be like, oh, OK, I see the pain in you. I see the pain in you. I see your pain. I want to make you forget that. You know, mm-hmm. so. um while growing up my my uncle he's always been in music like i remember when he moved into our house when i was like fucking what maybe like eight or nine he had moved in he had moved in with us from uh detroit and we were living in st louis right and uh he would go downstairs and i would never forget like he had like a wave cap and like a wire hanger and he made a spit like a spit um mm. what are the what is the thing i mean what's the thing called it's a pop filter yeah he made a pop filter from a durag and a and oh, a wire wow. hanger and it's so <laughs> funny because we have that i think we still got it in our basement like to this day <laughs> and it's 2019 but um just seeing his his tenacity and just his drive like He's living in his big sister's house. You know what I'm saying? It's me, my father, uh, me, him, and then it's he has a basement basically. Mm-hmm. So he would um he would go to the computer with his little pop filter. I didn't know what the hell he was doing, but yeah. he would be making beats and making music. And I, I've just been able to see that throughout my whole entire life. So it would just kind. That's why I say music kind of happened to me. Mm. It was never something I would just kind of like. Hmm, this is interesting. I want to try it out. It yeah. was just kind of like. You're interesting. I want to try you out type deal. Mm-hmm. So um, I shot away from music um, probably until I was like, probably like 20, 21 maybe. I've always been singing, but if, if someone asked me to sing, I was like, no, I can't sing. What? You know? Or they was like, write us, oh, I heard you write. No, I don't know how to write. You know, because it was yeah. it was kind of like I use music as an escape. 
So it was like, but it was a, it was like a shy escape. It was like I just did it by myself. It was a little personal. It was like I got in trouble at school, so I'm gonna go home and cry and be and sing my little heart out before Aww. my mom gets home before she whoop my ass. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like just little simple things like yeah. that that I can you know refer to now because you know hindsight is always 2020. Right. But um, it was always like those little things. Like I would see myself down, and then music would make me happy or make me feel good. You know, mm-hmm. so um. When I turned 21, I, uh, was it 21? What was it? How old was I in 2014? What was that? Five years ago? Yeah, 21. Mm-hmm. So when I turned 21, I auditioned for The Voice. Uh, no, no, no. Was it The Voice? Yes, The Voice. Mm-hmm. And um, I, remember, I remember it like it was yesterday. I got a random text message and it said, hey, the voice is going to be in St. Louis. You should try out. And I was like, who the fuck is this? Like, yeah. who's texting me, right? Um, and I was like, okay, sure. Like, you know, what's the information? It was like, it's going to be at the uh, the Edward Jones Dome or whatever, wherever the situation, wherever it was. Um, but you just got to go down there and you just got to stand in line. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. Still to this day, I still don't know who this person was. Oh, wow. Um, but so I go down there and um, they literally text me maybe like two or three days beforehand. So I had no time to like get anything together. Like I was just kind of like, I know a couple of songs. Like hopefully they they like it. So um, I practiced a little bit, and then the night before, I would never forget the night before I went to a party. And I when I get in party situations, you know, I'm always the person that's like, hey, you know, doing the loud, hey, yeah. get everybody pumped up. And I told myself before I went to the party, I was not gonna lose my voice end up losing my voice right and i had the audition the next day and everybody know i'm extreme all right so when i if i'm dressing up or like if i'm going somewhere i I dress up i get all fancy and nice and stuff but for some reason i didn't for this this particular audition you know Mm -hmm. it's just so weird i don't know um i wore a a white tee like a white t-shirt a blue baseball cap some jeans and like some jordans or something like that and i went in there and it was a group of 10 like they well, first of all, it was like thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Had like ten thousand people in this in this um this convention center, and um you know we get our little number, we got to put our number on and everything. Mm-hmm. And I forget, I remember like people were like singing the every it was like a thousand people singing the same song in like the crowd, and like it was like echoing, you know. Oh wow! So it was like definitely an experience. Heart was beating all fast, and then um they they bring a group of ten into a room and they line ten chairs up, and it was me. I was the one guy, and it was nine girls. And um, they literally just point at you. All right, you, number, blah, 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 you sing. So you stand up, you sing. All right, sit down and literally go down the line. So all of us sang. And then um, they asked, like, two of us to stay behind. Me being, you know, included in the two. And um, I ended up getting through. Like, with no practice. Like, my voice was gone. Yeah. And I, I never forget, like, going, I was, like, backstage in the convention center, like, walking under, like, the, oh, um, wow. like, the bleachers and yeah. all this stuff. And, like, it's, like, as you're walking, like, you see, like, little slits, like, mm-hmm. that, like, you can kind of see out. So, like, you see all the people going in. And I just remember, I was, like, this is it. I made it. I made it. And um, so I get over to, like, the producer area. And they're like, all right, so you, you made it through to the next round. Um, it was like, okay, so we just got a couple of pointers for you. Um, here, you know, you got a week to study, um, to you know, to rehearse, and then um, just make sure when you come back, um, you dress better than this. And in my head, I'm like, 
little do you know I'm about to fuck it up when I come back, right? I'm like, because usually, like, because I, like I said, usually I am dressed a lot better. I don't know right. why. Like, I was just, I don't know. I was out of it. But um, that that week passed or whatever, and then we went to another production studio, and um, they had a scene. Like, they had, like, the little box, you know, taped off that you sit in front of, and it's a camera. And then they have you sing your three songs. So I sang, I sang my three songs, but... Um, all of my songs were in the same genre. They were like kind of ballad, ballady songs. Um, I think I did, um, I did Miguel, Candles in the Sun, Frank Ocean, Thinking About You, Aww. and uh, maybe a John Legend song. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, I remember the last one. But um, I sang all three of them, and they were they were happy with it. And they were like, "Oh, you did great." They was like, "But do you have anything you know more upbeat that you can sing for us?" And in that time, I was so dead set on those three songs that it was kind of like nothing else mattered and i like i was just so one one track minded it was mm. just kind of like i know those three songs and i don't i don't even know my name you know basically oh, wow. like this yeah. is all i know yeah. so they were like trying to go to the vast they was like we can even they was like we can pull it up on youtube like we can do whatever like and i just froze i was like uh, 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 and i saw it in their face they was like ah all right well Dang. next and um but it's so funny because before that i didn't really want to do music like I, like I said, it was just kind of like my right. escape type deal. Mm-hmm. But after that, um, I I end up like really just honing in on music. Like, all right, let me learn how to completely write a song because before it was just like I write like a little hook or like one or two little words and I, that I thought were catchy, you mm-hmm. know, and then go about my business. So um, that actually started me on my journey to really figuring out who I was as an artist. So um, I end up going to school that. You know that that beginning of that school year, because um, it was it was the summertime when we did the voice you know auditions, and I remember being like in class, and all I can do is just think about music, because I was just like, I got so close, like I tasted it, like I tasted what it mm. feels like. So um, I ended up going to going to school, and I was uh, going to school for communications, broadcast journalism, communications, mm-hmm. and because um, I've always I've always wanted to be like in the entertainment industry but before i wanted to do music i was more of like on the journal journalism side so Mm -hmm. i was like trying to be like the the talent in front of the camera like interviewing people yeah exactly like that yeah so um i remember i had a communications law teacher um i just called him fred i forgot his last name (laughs) but he was like the hardest teacher in our in our um in our department Mm-hmm. And I remember going to him. This was before we were going to uh, winter break. And I remember going to him into his office because um, he also was my teacher for advertising. And oh, wow. he was like, he was a, like I said, he was a fucking hard ass teacher. Yeah. So um, he, he ended up giving me a B on my, on my commercial that I did. And it's so funny because I did that commercial in like 10 minutes. No way. Oh my God. I was the worst. <laughs> I was the worst student. But, um, but I ended up getting a B on it. And nobody, like, that was, like, unheard of in his class. Like, he just gave really? C's. Like, yeah, it was, like, he was so hard. Mm-hmm. And I remember going into his office probably, like, two days after I did my project. And um, I sat down with him because at that time I was going to the studio that we had in our building, in our broadcast building. And um, we were just kind of playing around. And I let him listen to one of my songs. And I was like, hey, Fred, like. I'm really thinking about pursuing this music thing. Do you think I got a, honestly, do you think I got a shot? And he listened to my song and he said, bro, you got 10 years. He was like, you have 10 years for your credits to be, you know, still live. 
I say go pursue your dream because you actually have something. And I said, what? You do? You think I have something? He was like, yeah, you, I really do. And but at this time, like I was horrible. Like oh my mm-hmm. god, like I was like ABC. Like that was my 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 process for my rhyme scheme and everything when I was doing my music. And um, yeah, he told me he was like, yeah, man, I think you have something. And that winter, I ended up going uh, that winter break. I ended up going to Kansas City, and um, instead of going back home to St. Louis, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where. I started living with with one of my best friends, Steven. It was me, it was Steven, and it was his cousin, Dominique. And we were all staying in his house, right? And um, we were living, and I used to lock myself in the room. Like, I used to lock myself in Steven's room, and I used to, like, just write songs all day. And I used to tell myself, I'm not coming out until I learn how to write a song. I'm not coming out until I learn how to write a song. Like, a more, a song that sounded like me. I don't want to write a Chris Brown song. Mm-hmm. I don't want to write a John Legend mm-hmm. song. I don't want to write a Frank Ocean song. I want to write a Apollo song, right? So, um... I remember it used to be so funny because Steven and Neek, they used to play the game. Like, they used to play Madden or, like, 2K or, like, Call of Duty, whatever they were playing. They used to play it downstairs. and But at the same time, they, they were telling me that they wanted to do music, too. So I'm such a, like, <laughs> I'm, like, no filter. I'm just going to say what I want to say. So I remember I used to always go to them and be like, y'all ain't shit. Y'all ain't never, <laughs> y'all ain't, <laughs> y'all ain't never going to be shit because all y'all would do is play the game. Y'all ain't putting in no work. Like, I used to, like, walk down the street um, to, like, it was, like, a little pathway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, like, wilderness. Like, it was, like. The only little part of wilderness in the city. Like, oh, wow. It, it was just kind of like an unkept area, you know? And I used to go down there every single day. And I used to have my little journal. And I used to write and just, like, look at the sun and just, like, just fucking be dramatic. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and then go back in and be like, I just wrote three songs. And y'all ain't doing shit. Oh, my God. That is so But funny. it's so, like. I feel like I may not have the best delivery with things, but every time, but when I say things, like I mean what I say and Mm -hmm. I'm never, it's always from a good place. Mm -hmm. You know, I may not say it with the most loving type of, um, type of words, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm, I'm saying it out of a place of love. So. Fast forward like a year later, like they, it's so funny because they, they, they see it now because they're doing music and they're actually doing good. Like, and they were like, oh man, like I remember you used to tell us, like, I'm so happy you did that because we were slacking off. Like, we were just playing a game all the time, blah, blah, blah. So it's cool. But um, that's when I ended up running into Iman. And me and Iman basically, uh, we met in the studio and it was, it was uh, Industry Sounds. That's the name of Bab Studio, right? Yeah, Industry Sounds. And so basically, I was coming. Well, Iman had a session. He was already in a session, and I was coming in for a session because I had um, I had talked to the the producer at the. I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, engineer at that studio. And basically, I sat down with him and another producer. His name is Bam, and Bam has been like working with the Grammys, like worked with like a lot of big artists and everything. Um, but I sat down with him and I sat down with Mab and I remember working at Sprint. I was working at Sprint, but I was also working for the radio station. So like my schedule was crazy. Yeah. I used to wake up at four o'clock in the morning every single day from four to from four to eight. I used to be at the radio station. And then from nine to f- five or six, I used to go to Sprint. And then from seven to like midnight, I used to go to the studio. 
Holy and then shit. wake up every single day and do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And I remember one day I sat down with uh, Mab and Bam and I was like, hey, y'all, I really want to do this. And I'm not going to lie to y'all like, hey, shit is expensive out here. I don't really have the means for it, but I do have the passion. I was like, if y'all are willing to go on this journey with me, I promise you, you know, I'll make it worth your while. Like, I'll, I'll definitely pay you, but I just don't got the funds for it right now. Mm-hmm. And they believed in me and they were like, you know what? We're going to take a chance on you. So we ended up uh, starting a project. Um, and then, so that's why I was going to the studio. So now fast forward back to where Iman was in his session and I was coming in for my session. I believe, honestly, that was my first session that I was going to have a map. Like this is the first one. And, um, Iman was coming out the studio and Matt was like, Hey, I, he was, maybe he was like, I mean, what did he say? Did you say like, I have a singer I want you to hear or something like that? Or did you just like intrude on my damn session? I can't, hold on. So <laughs> you lied. I'm just kidding. I lied. <laughs> but okay, so basically there was an uh, there's another producer, his name is One Bounce, and he's in Kansas City. And uh, he Oh yeah, that's the song I was doing with Devin, huh? Got it, got it, got it. Okay, got it, got it. So this was okay, this is even before the whole Mav and, um, and Bam thing. I got my stories a little mixed up. Okay, so I was going in to lay down some vocals for another um producer in kansas city mm-hmm. and that's when i was there and he was listening to the song and then he was like hey bro could you get on my track and i'm like sure dude like i, I don't <laughs> give a fuck like yeah and i so um i ended up doing a doing a, doing something for iman and he ended up giving me like 20 dollars and he tried <laughs> to be like some type of cool ass dude he was like yeah bro make sure you always keep some money in your pocket <laughs> And I'm, but like- Iman was the first person to ever, 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 ever pay me for music. Wow. Just measly $20. But I would <laughs> never forget it. Like, because that was the first time I ever got paid. Because I, I was so, like, just in, just, just thrilled with the fact that people think I'm good. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I'll do anything for free. Like, what y'all want me to do? I'll stay here all night. Like, I'll just yeah. sing. I'm a singer. So, he ended up paying me. And then, uh, that was back when Iman was trying to be the next Eminem. And he was fucking being a rapper. And um but from there, like Iman's always been a person that has been into the production side of things. Like even if it wasn't mixing, he was um he was doing like photography, you know? Mm. So I remember like we used to go to all the shows in Kansas City. We ended up starting we was like running Kansas City at one point. Like we were at all the shows. Um opened up for like what was it, um The Roots or Bone Thugs and Harmony or some shit. Huh? Yeah, okay. We end up opening up for Nappy Roots. All types of shit. Um, but I mean, he used to always come to the shows and he used to always have his camera. So he used to always just take the pictures and be like, oh, I got you, bro. I got you. But never send me the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how our friendship started, though. So mm. I used to just go to go to Ima's house all the time, and I used to fucking record music in his closet, his little short ass, small ass closet mm. with his blue light. Like I would have to go. It was like Narnia. Like I would have to like go through his, <laughs> go through his clothes, and then 
behind his clothes, <laughs> he had like a little wall, <laughs> like a little fucking yeah. rig, the little janky ass wall that he had. And we had the blue light. Yeah, I'm talking about shit was falling down. I had to like hold the mic, like hold shit up while I'm singing. But that, well, we needed that, you know what I'm saying? In yeah. order to be like, okay, we are going through mm-hmm. the process of becoming who we are, you know? Right. So that I, I'm talking about, I used to be at Iron's house like every damn day. Like, for, like, two years. And then he ended up leaving me. He ended up going to fucking, coming out here to San Diego. Because um, he was going to school. And I remember, he was like, yeah, bro, I'm about to leave. I'm about to leave. I was like, man, you ain't about to go no damn where. And then, surely enough, two weeks later, Iron was fucking gone. Aww. Right? So, um, so then I was uh, still doing music or whatever. But then shit just started getting, like, life, just, you know, life hits you. Mm-hmm. Life hits you hard. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to because that's how you figure out who you are, right? So um, I was living down in Grandview. had a nice little spot. And um, shit just started going left. <laughs> like I ended up um, not losing my job. So I was working at Sprint and I was making good money. I was making my commission and everything. But then I ended up, I was working at, all right. So at one point I was working at the radio station. I was working at Champs, I was working at Forever 21, and I was working at Aldo. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I was working at all of them places at the same damn time. So then um, I remember Champs had me do full time, and I still was doing working at Aldo just so I can have like, my little discount. And then I start, I quit all of those to work at Sprint, right? Um, but then probably like two or three, like probably like six or, month, six or so months after... Um, working at Sprint, I got a call from the manager, the GM at Aldo, and they were like, "Hey, um, we have a we have a position at Oak Park Mall um, for assistant manager. Would you like to come and work? You know, and be our assistant manager?" I'm like, "Damn right! Like, I could be the assistant manager. I got my discount. Like, I can get a better pay. Oh yeah, we good, right? That's what you would think." So I started working there. I was still working at the radio station, doing all that stuff, and um, audition came for empire this is when empire was just starting this was like the show yeah empire the show so they were um they were they had this little gold bus it was like the the gold empire bus if you see it get on the bus and try out right exactly and they were they weren't supposed to be in kansas city because chris brown was coming to to um the sprints the sprint center because he was doing his tour or whatever Mm -hmm. and um they were like you know, we're just gonna stop in uh we're gonna stop in Kansas City, right? It was like a, a a brand new stop, like that they just decided to do. And I remember hearing it on the radio, like the day before I went and did it. And um I asked my manager, I'm like, hey, there's an audition coming and I know I work. If I can get somebody to come in, you know, for my shift, like halfway through my shift, would I be able to go? And my manager's like, Yeah, yeah, you're good. As long as you can get somebody to cover it, and I'm like, Okay, bad, 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 good. So I ended up getting somebody to cover it and um, going. I ended up going down to the audition. So I'm like speeding down to the audition and the audition was supposed to be like from 11 to 7. Now, mind you, I told you Chris Brown was coming, right? So they ended up parking on the same street as the Sprint Dome, like the Sprint, you know, like convention center. And the police were like basically <clears throat> telling them that they had to leave, oh, right? Wow. But they didn't tell anybody this. So I'm speeding down to the to the damn audition, and I end up getting into an accident. Oh no! I end up getting into an accident on the street of where the bus was, 
Like my whole bumper, they just hit me. Boom. Take off my whole bumper. I'm talking about, Alyssa, you know how I am. Yeah. I Imagine my car <laughs> with the bumper off and me holding my bumper <laughs> outside. <laughs> shoving my bumper into my back seat and the man like because I, I i had gotten into um an accident with like a it was like a, a van um that was like doing like plumbing or some shit like that so it was a company vehicle uh, yeah. so i could have got paid but i was so focused on getting to this audition yeah i'm shoving my car my, my bumper in the back of my car this man is trying to talk to me like i gotta call my boss i gotta call my boss i was like fuck your boss i don't care about your boss i don't care about you i need to get to this i'm, I'm literally looking at the bus like as we're arguing mm -hmm. i'm like i gotta get to this audition so he called his boss and i was like bro it's y'all fault y'all did it but i don't care and i hung up the phone gave him his phone back got in my car and i drove down the street so i'm circling around for five ten minutes trying to find parking mm. Finally find parking, get to the line, and it's, it is a line still. And uh, I'm like, okay, cool. I got into seven. It's five right now. Oh, we're good. I got time. And 15 minutes into me standing in the line, they come and say, all right, so we're going to have to pack up. There's Chris Brown coming in, um, and we got to move off the street. Sorry, guys. No. I say, what? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, that, that must mean, like, no more. Like, no more people can come in the line. Like, the people that are here... We definitely can audition, but like the people, you know, before, like, no. No, he was like, no, nah, nobody. Nobody's auditioning. Everybody go home. I'm like, are you serious? So I'm, I still stand in line. I'm like, whatever. And the bus ends up driving off. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up, because remember, I was working for the radio station. So I ended up just going over to the Sprint, um, Sprint Dome or whatever with the radio station and just sitting there and just kind of talking to people and getting, their, getting the crowd rowdy and stuff like that um, and ended up leaving. So, two days later, because I was off the next day, two days later, um, I get a phone call before I go to work. And it's my manager. And she goes, hey. This, I, <laughs> I would never forget this conversation. She goes, hey, um, are you supposed to come to work today? Uh, duh, like, you made my schedule. What do you mean am I supposed to come to work today? I'm like, yeah. Like, She was like, mm, so... I know that you really like are focusing like on your music. Um, maybe you should like take that a little bit more seriously. And I'm like, okay. What? I'm like, sure. Okay. I already take it serious. What are you talking about? She was like, well, the district manager ended up coming in and we were supposed to do a, a wall change. Like, you know, like the, every mm -hmm. every season like they have a wall change yeah. although you know and he saw that the wall change wasn't done and he just was like whoever was supposed to be on shift like they just gotta go and i'm like well i got my shift covered and all this stuff like this and it was like yeah he doesn't he didn't care and i'm like okay so what does that mean she was like i'm so sorry like i just I really wish that I can help, blah, blah. I'm like, what the what the fuck do you mean you wish you can help? Like, I asked you if I could get off. Like, how, what do you mean can you help, right? So um, I ended up losing that damn job. Wow. And Right? Exactly. Car accident, not going oh to audition, gosh. and then losing my job. All of this stuff for this dream, right? Yeah. So, um, so I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I'm living in this two-bedroom apartment or whatever that I'm like, trying to fund by myself like 
and shit is just going down the drain. But I'm so prideful that, like, I'm not the person that's going to call my mom and be like, Mom, oh, my gosh, like, everything's falling apart. I need help. Help me. You no, know, I'm just yeah. kind of like, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to figure it out. So I ended up getting hired um, at, at a call center. But you, know, I don't know if you're familiar with how call centers work. Mm-hmm. Like, they, how they hire you is, like, they hire you in batches, like, for training groups, right? But they hire you, like, a month or two out. So like you get a job, but you don't you don't you don't start working until like a month. So I was technically good because I I had my job, but I couldn't start working right. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to find like any little job I could. So I started working at this fucking dry cleaners. Oh my god, the <laughs> worst job in life. <laughs> like I'm talking about, people are disgusting when they do dry clean. Like it's like so, like certain things you're just like, why didn't you just throw this away? You know, oh, really? I'm talking about like people like shit in there. Like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and then I have to like put it up on like, oh, it was just so bad. Um, So I was working there for like a month or whatever. And then I started working at my other job. But you know how, how it is. You have a job, but you're not going to get your first paycheck until like another mm-hmm. month. Mm-hmm. Because the first paycheck that comes through, you're just like working. And then you don't get your check until technically two pay periods, right? So I still got bills. I still got all types of shit. My fucking water got turned off. My electric got turned off. I'm literally living in a halfway house at this point. Like I have an air mattress on the ground. Don't have no lights. I'm taking cold ass showers because like if if they turn your water off, you, the water still works. It just you don't have the ability to to have hot water or you know like mm-hmm. mess with the the temperature. So I'm taking like I'm talking about cold showers where I'm just like. <laughs> You're like one of those type of showers, right? Um, and I'll never forget um, Phil. He ended up bringing me some groceries because he just knew that I was just like going through it. Like he ended up bringing me some groceries, and I broke down crying. Like I'm talking about like boohooing, like fucking like baby tears, like snot, like. <gasps> just because i'm just like thank you like bro you don't even like you only know like like that is a true testament of like friendship Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so um so then i was working at my other job or whatever things start coming around but i still just couldn't like catch up to whatever all i lost right so i'm ending up giving me a call well he had called me probably like two like because we talked all the time but um he ended up calling me and he was like bro Come out to San Diego. And I'm like, oh, okay, bro, sure. And I, you know, hang up the phone. We have a conversation. Oh, bro, I hope you're doing great out there. You know, live, live your best life, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, so then, like, two more months go by. And he calls me again. He's like, bro, come to San Diego. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, you know, you know when you have those that those prideful conversations where, like, people are like, what's going on? And you're like, oh, everything's great. Yeah. But really, nothing's great. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So we we kept having those type of conversations. But I saw through that shit. So he ended up saying, he was like, bro, come to California. Like, this was like his last time. I felt like this was his last time he was asking me. And he's like, come to Cali. I was like, I'm in. I, you know how I get. I'm in. I cannot fucking come to California. I don't have money. I'm barely making it here. My lights are off, blah, blah, blah. Like, how the fuck am I going to survive? And he was like, I didn't ask you all that. I just said, come to California. And I just said, what? Like, what do you mean, come to California? He was like, bro, just worry about your food. I was like, what? 
Like, what do you mean? Like, I had a month left on my my apartment, like, mm-hmm. and I just packed all my shit up, and I just, I didn't even pack my shit. I just left. I just left. I just went to uh went to St. Louis. I was in St. Louis probably for like this was um this is this this was in December. So I went to St. Louis probably for a week because my mom's birthday is on Christmas, and I remember I was like, I'm gonna be here. I'll be here for my mom's birthday, but I'm leaving. And I remember I was down there. I was getting all my stuff together for like my car, and it's so funny like what is for you is for you like when mm-hmm. it's for you is literally for you like there's no the no way that my car my little measly ass 2003 um for what did i have malibu like a 2003 malibu there's no way that my malibu <laughs> should have made it 20 20 it was 1555 miles it was 27 hours there's no way that my car should have made that, right? Yeah. And there's no way that my car should have passed like emissions and got all the stuff I was supposed to even get to get my new my new tags and everything. Mm-hmm. But everything passed, wow. right? And I made it, and we, uh, me and my dad, we drove all the way out here to California, and we made it here on December. I feel like it was the day after Christmas. I think it was like December 26th or something like that, and um. It's so funny. We ended up going, and I remember us being there. And right when we get into the fucking house, we get a knock. <laughs> we get a knock at the door. Right, <laughs> and it's me, my dad, and I'm in the, in the in the house. And this is fucking tweaker ass dude comes to the door. This is I'm his first time meeting my daddy. Now my like. It's, it's cool because it's my dad, right? Yeah. So if this is a, maybe another situation, it probably would have went way left. But <laughs> so this tweaker ass dude comes to the door. I'm in, goes to his room and grabs a gun. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> With my, like my daddy is in, but like this, like I said, it's, it's me. So it's different. But fucking with the gun not even like he's not even trying to conceal it. He's it in his pocket like the literally only this much. Of the gun is in his pocket, and all the rest of the gun is out of his pocket. And he opens the door. He goes, "What's up?" And the dude's like, "Hey, bro, I can I use your phone?" And I was like, "Nah." <laughs> and then we all sitting there, you know, we all like macho and shit. Like I'm sitting there, like all cocky and shit. Like we about to beat your ass just for knocking on the door. But <laughs> so we end up letting him in or whatever. And we all just like staring at him, like why is using the phone? And he ended up leaving or whatever. And then it's so funny because the the conversation like they, it wasn't even a conversation like my fucking hood ass daddy and fucking Ivan like they just see each other and look at each other. He was my dad was like, "Yep, y'all gonna be good." I'm like, "Oh, this is some <laughs> bullshit." So, um, so the next morning before my dad leaves, um, we were going to go get some food, mm-hmm. and my dad he's like, "Let's go to yeah, let's go get some food. Let's go to McDonald's." I'm like, nigga. Like why? Why are we gonna go to McDonald's and we in California? I'm like, we got Cali- we got McDonald's in St. Louis. Like, why? Let's go somewhere that we don't have, right? Mm-hmm. So we end up going to the Habit Burger Grill, and we're sitting outside. And I just remember sitting down, and I was like looking at the scenery. It's like eighty degrees the day after fucking Christmas, like you know. Yeah. And um, I'm sitting down. And I'm just like praying. I'm just like, thank you, God. Like I'm here. Like. I'm in the land of opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm literally saying a prayer, like literally. And as we're finishing our food, we're about to get up. And I see there's these two ladies that come around the corner. And um, they're like looking like they're cold. And like me and my dad were so like social. Like we just kind of looking. We're like, 
hey ladies, if you want to sit right here, you know what I'm saying, you can, we're done. And I remember the the lady going, um, well, it's is it is it a draft over there? And we're like, a draft? We're like, <laughs> it's 80 degrees. Like, what do you mean? She was like, well, my mom's gonna be cold. We were like, excuse me. She was like, no, like it's good. Like, it's not cold. So they end up sitting down, you know, taking our spot. And um, they end up just asking kind of in passing, like, oh, you know, hey, you know, how you guys, well, thank you so much for the seat, blah, blah. And um, my dad's like, yeah, we just got in from St. Louis. And they're like, oh, what brings you into town? School? And I'm like, and this is like my time. I'm like, no, I'm coming out here to be the next big thing, you know? So she's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'm a singer, songwriter, and I do this, and I do this, and blah, blah, blah. So she's like, oh, really? My son's in music. And I'm like. Then I'm thinking she's gonna be like her son's like a rapper or some shit, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes, "Uh, well, my son, uh, yeah, he um he works for Warner Brothers." And I go, "Well, <clears throat> do you want me to sing for you now, or do you want to sing for you later?" And she was like, "You can sing for me now." So she takes her phone out. It's like probably about fifteen people outside. She takes her phone out and she starts recording me, right? So I'm singing like an original song I had made. Um, and she's like, "Oh wow, it's good." And then she takes her phone down and she looks at it and she goes. I didn't record. And I'm like, what do you mean you didn't record? She was like, do you mind just doing it again? I'm like, I don't care. I'll do it again. <laughs> right? So, um, but what, like, like hindsight now, I'm like thinking like maybe she was thinking like, okay, everybody, like this said, yeah, this should. guy yeah. is going to say he's a singer. He's going to be some whack ass, you know? But, um, and that's why she didn't record it. But she ended up recording it again. And she was like, okay, I'm going to send it to my son. I'm going to send it to my son. And she ended up giving me his card. Her son ended up being Kevin, Kevin Wright. You know Kevin? Okay, whatever. But, um, so, and I remember going home to Iman like, bro, we about to be on. Like, we got this Kanega Warner Brothers, bro. It's my first day here. Like, we about to do it. And uh, Iman was like, bro, are you serious? Like, so we're sitting here. It's so funny because I still, <laughs> I still have the, I still have the card to this day. I'll show you. This is the card that I got first day. I never. Wow, knew. it's all worn. Yes, yeah, worn out, right? Mm-hmm. So, um. I remember me and I was sitting down and we were, I was like, bro, should I, should I like call him? Should I like text him? Should I send him an email? He's like, what should I do? Like, what the fuck? And he's like, bro, like send him an email. So I remember uh, I was talking, we said we were going to wait like two or three days. And I had the email like up. Like ready I had, to go. I had, it, I had it ready to go. And right when I was about to sit, hit send on the email, he calls me. Like, I promise you, it was like some wow. fucking like serendipity shit. It was the weirdest thing. And he ends up calling me. He's like, hey, this is Kevin Wright. You know, I'm out, I'm out here at Warner Brothers. My mom sent me a video of you. I think you're really good. Um, I would love to meet you. Uh, I'm going to be down for the holidays, for New Year's or whatever. Uh, would you like to meet or um, would you like to come to the label? And I'm like, I ain't never been to a label ever in my damn life. I'm going to the label. Yeah. Right? So... I'm like, definitely, let's let's set it up at the label. So he's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We set it up at the label. So we set it up for that Friday. I had got in town probably like Monday or Tuesday. So that Friday, I ended up going down to Warner Brothers in L.A. Now, mind you, I'm from St. Louis. All I had was like sweaters and like trench coats and like like layers, you know? And I remember it being cold like in the morning time because I had left at like maybe like 6 in the morning because we were having a meeting at like 9. So I left, and it was when I when I got in the car, it was cool. Like I didn't have any air conditioning in my car, like nothing. It was just me and this raggedy ass piece of fucking metal. So we driving down. I have on this sweater. I got on this trench coat, and as I'm driving, 
the sun starts coming up. And then I realize I'm in California. (laughs) (laughs) So I start sweating my ass off. And then I get there. I get to Warner Brothers or whatever. And my lips are just so damn ashy. Oh, Oh, my God. Like, I just feel like I just sweated all the damn hydration on my body. Um, So, like, I'm going to the front. I remember the front desk or whatever. It's like the security guard. And I'm like, do you guys have anywhere I can buy some chapstick? And he's looking at me like, crackhead, if you don't get out of here. I'm like, please, I got a meeting. Like, I got a meeting with Kevin. I'm just saying his name. I got a meeting with Kevin. I got a meeting with Kevin. Somebody give me some chapstick. And everybody's like, dude, like, get away from me. So um, Kevin ends up coming down or whatever. And he ended up taking me, like, to the artist room. And literally the meeting was, like, 15 minutes. And I'm, like, before this meeting, I'm like, call my mom and call my friends. I'm like, I'm about to go to Warner Brothers. I'm about to get signed. And then we sit down and we have this 15 minute fucking interview. Like, nobody, not even an interview. He was just kind of like, So, what's up, bro? Like, tell me about yourself. So I talked to him and then he like gives me like two or three songs to listen to. And then that was it. And he was like, All right, man. Well, have a good day. And I'm like, Wow. So I done drove three hours down here to LA. Just to sit here in this artist room and you to give me two songs to listen to? What the fuck is this? So I end up leaving or whatever. I mean, not really defeated because I'm like, I mean, I, I you don't know. What's I don't happen. know what's yeah. going on, right? So I'm calling my mom and she's like, so what's up? Like, tell me, tell me everything. And I'm like, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know what just happened, <laughs> honestly. So um, I end up going back to uh, going back to San Diego, and probably like a week or so later. Um, we set up a, uh, a session to start my my first project that I did. It was called Shores. Yes, and, yeah, I remember that. No, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah so we, um, we set all that up. And then we conspired to have Kevin come down and sit in on a session. Because I just felt like from him being around me for 15 minutes, maybe he wasn't sold. So I'm like, okay, well, we need to figure out what we're going to do. So mm-hmm. we set up a session and we recorded a song called, I believe it was this, it was Potential. Yeah, the song was Potential. And uh, yeah, it was. So um, we recorded the song Potential and then um, Kevin was there and him and I was talking and then he left the session. He was like, good session. And then uh, from there, probably another week goes by and then Kevin hits me up like, "Hey man, I wanna uh, I wanna have a meeting with you and and my team, you know, I wanna take you out to dinner." I'm like, "Oh okay, cool." But I'm such a person like, I don't know who your team is, so I'm gonna get me my team. So I made so, <laughs> so me, Ivan, and Elmo made this rinky dinky ass team, <laughs> and we went and like we we did like a chess move, right? Because I feel like. He, Kevin wanted me to, you know, come, and I felt like if I would if I would have went by myself, I would have been really, really impressionable, right? Mm-hmm. It would have just been like, this is what I can do for you. Sign your life away. You know what I'm saying? So right. I was just like, I need to bring some people that would like kind of break down the whole glamour of it all for me, right? So we sit there. Uh, it's me, Iman, and Elmo, and it's Kevin, uh, Adrian, and Anton, and there was another guy. Um, and when I get there, Kevin's like, oh, you brought people. <laughs> and I'm like, you're damn right. I'm playing my chess moves, right? So we all sit down or whatever, and we have a meal, and then I'm in fucking buys like, what, you buy like some champagne or some shit? Some weird shit, I don't know. 
But he, you know, buys like some champagne. And like it was like one of like a pissing contest. Like Kevin was like, oh, we'll pay for the meal. And I was like, no, I'll pay for the meal. Like, <laughs> so we. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Shut up. So, um, so we end up we end up having a meeting or whatever, and um, from there we end up kind of like starting this whole type of collaboration type deal where we created this thing called Double O, and it came from like my favorite number being seven. So we was like, oh, we'll be Double O, like Double O Seven, you know. Mm. So, um, uh, Adrian became like my personal trainer. Anton was gonna be like the booking agent. Kevin was my manager. And I'm in just, I, I was everything else. <laughs> Ivan was Ivan. Ivan was everything else. So um, we did that probably for about a year, year and a half. And uh, we started doing some great shit. Like we was going to the Grammy, like Grammy events. Like we were just doing all types of cool stuff. And um, some shit went sideways. <laughs> some shit went sideways, but it's all good. You know, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um and then me and Iman realized that we need to boss up, if that makes sense. Okay. So that's when Iman went into fucking Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, his Mr. Hyde version, and started locking himself in his damn bedroom mm. and smoking 15 fucking packs of cigarettes. I'm talking about like oh no 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 you're laughing Alyssa I'm talking because I used to I was living because I, I, I was living with Iman so I was sleeping on the couch I was in the living room and then Iman you know had his room so he used to lock his door and I like at three o'clock in the morning I used to just smell cigarettes I used to be like what the fuck oh my God. is he doing you know what I'm saying like what is he doing in there and I remember one day he just comes out like with all these fucking papers and shit and he's like bro. I got it, bro. I'm about to start. A, I'm about to start a studio, and I'm like, "What? I'm like, you? What do you mean you about to start a studio? What the fuck? Like, is, is this been what you've been doing here? So he, I'm talking about this man had everything. I'm talking about the blueprints, to the fucking <laughs> the, the every, I'm, anything that you, and that's how you make your dream happen. Mm-hmm. You have to see it before you can manifest it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm in is the kind of person. Whereas I would be like, I want to make a studio. Let's go to the building. I'm just going to be like, I want to make a studio. Let's draw out the blueprints of the building. Let's draw out the plumbing of the building. Let's draw out the, the uh, measurements of the building. Let's draw out the, the tax information for the building. Let's get the investors. Let's get this. Let's blah, blah, blah. So he really followed it all through. And there was nothing that you, that he missed, that he missed, you know, like mm-hmm. it was all done. Like, even things that you didn't even know should have been done, he had it accounted for. So there was no reason that his vision shouldn't have manifested, right? Mm-hmm. So um, what was this, probably like two years ago, I mean, that you started that plan? Yeah. So I remember he started the plan, and then every day he would come, and he would be pissed. Bro, I'm about to beat this dude ass. We can't get to do you. We can't do this. We can't blah, blah, blah. So then I had to be like the yin to his yang and be like, bro, you good. What's for you is for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you going to get it. You know what I'm saying? Just just calm down. But I mean, you know, once he got his mom made up, he's like, ain't no calm down. <laughs> I'm about to you go beat this. <laughs> ain't no calm down. <laughs> so so we ended up, um, he he really put the fucking, he put the work in. Like, mm-hmm. the work in. What? Oh, so... um. 
and he manifested his dream, you know? And he was doing, and it's so funny because, like, Iman is so commendable. I, like, I'm, I look up to Iman when it comes to, well, I just look up to Iman in general um, because he definitely follows through with mm-hmm. his plans. Like, a lot of people, they make a plan, and then they let life happen to them, and then they don't follow through with it. But Iman's like, I'm going to make this shit happen. Like, I don't care what I got to do. I don't care if I got to stay up for 18 years. I'm going to stay up. So um, he ended up letting, you know, then, wait. So he did the, yeah, he made the plan for it. And all all the while, he was going to school. He was going to the Art Institute. He was making his plan. And he was, um, he was doing, like, he was doing internships in, like, every damn studio in San Diego. Like, there was no there was no studio here in San Diego who did not know who Iman was mm-hmm. just because that's how hungry he was about the shit. But that really helped me in my dream because I'm like, all right, if I have somebody here that's so gung ho about their dream, it would be a discredit to our relationship for me not to go as hard for my dream. Right. Right. So um, that's when I start. We start doing like the um, what was it called? The songbook Saturdays. And we start making videos every week. Like mm-hmm. I was making a new song every damn day, it seemed like. And we start posting it. And we were just like, you know what? We have to get out here. And then sure enough, people just started kind of like gravitating to it. Like, oh, you're a songwriter. You can do this. You can do that. Right. And um, then from there, I realized, OK, I need to do a new project. And I started creating Planted. And I didn't even know what Planted was Planted before it was Planted. Before Planted was Planted, it was called like the placebo effect. And I was running around. I was like, I got this new idea. It's called the placebo effect. It's going to be great. And all this shit. And it was horrible. But um, I had to realize that I had to go through more life in order to, you know, Mm. to create something that I felt was going to be of substance. So um, then I was in a relationship and don't i'm just shaking his head right now like don't talk, <laughs> don't about, it. talk about it it's fine yeah let's yeah, not talk about not. that <laughs> but don't. but i needed that though you know right just because like i it was like a part like i said a part of my story and um and first of all i don't want to a disclaimer i don't want to make it like we're not talking about it because the person that i was in a relationship was horrible or anything like it just didn't work out mm-hmm. so um so yeah I, I went through that and um then I ended up, me and Iman basically, um, hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm going through my timeline right now. So where, where do we stop off at? Okay, but when Iman created the studio, okay, boom. Iman created the studio, and then um, our lease was coming up on our apartment. And I was so entrapped in trying to be an artist that I wasn't being an artist, if that makes sense. I was so focused on others' perception of me being an artist rather than... Like you than, would put on a show. Exactly. Instead of actually mm-hmm. like... It's just because like so much was happening. Like the first day I came down here, I met uh, A&R Warner Brothers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this now. Like, and I'm just trying to keep up keep up like oh i gotta i gotta post this if i'm gonna go to the grammy i gotta post this okay and i I was just at the grammys two weeks ago and now i'm sitting here on the couch like people are probably thinking that like like, oh, i gotta post something else i gotta do something else i gotta you know just trying to like stay ahead Mm. of the the curve Mm -hmm. and that shit was very toxic you know absolutely it's extremely toxic because i was becoming like 
some type of weird machine, you know, and I wasn't really being a person. I was more focused on people's, like I said, perception of me than me actually giving them my integrity, like being who, I, you know what I'm saying, who I am. So um, I ended up having to go through other shit in order to figure that out. So um, I, I ended up staying with another group of people and it was, a, I'm not gonna say it was a horrible experience, but it was definitely a life changing experience. Yeah. Like I'm, just, I was sleeping on another couch. Like the place had roaches, like all types of shit, like for real. And in that time, it was a lot of, hmm, what's the word? It was a lot of. I don't want to say jealousy, but there was a lot of grieving, if that makes sense. Grieving for what, though? Grieving for the life that I had. You know, like I was out here and I was doing all this shit and I was with I was going to the parties and I was doing the music and we were making the videos and we were doing all this shit. And then once me and I stopped living together, I wasn't doing it. I was I wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so it was like i was trying to make up for all of it it was like oh shit i'm supposed to be apollo i'm supposed to be apollo like i'm not supposed to be going through this shit what am i doing right mm-hmm. and a lot of that and, and throughout that time what you can do is you can blame other people mm-hmm. right you can blame other people for your fuck-ups and your mistakes and things that you should have done so in that times it was like i was blaming my mom i was blaming my dad like oh y'all should have taught me like, no, you should have fucking, you should have been an adult. You should have learned. I was blaming Iman. Oh, damn, Iman, we should have lived together. We should have been living together right now. It's not fucking Iman's responsibility to handle, to, right. to take care of a grown-ass man. Like, mm-hmm. bro, you, I was out here for a year and a half, not, and then I didn't have anything. I wouldn't have bills. I didn't have nothing. That's prime time to save. That's prime time to get on your shit. But instead, what I was doing was I was in a relationship, and I was trying to create a perception of an artist that, and I wasn't mm-hmm. handling my business on the back end. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when everything fell apart, it's easy to blame other people. Oh, well, if this person would have did this, I wouldn't be right here. No, mm-hmm. if you would have did this, you wouldn't be right here. Right. Right. So I had to go through a lot of um, self-reflection in those times. Because when you get into a situation where you feel like it's just you and you don't really get along with the people you're living with, you move into a you move into a, a position of solitude where mm-hmm. you just kind of like push yourself away from people you know and that time is really needed in order to like well it's needed but it can go two ways you can get into a a level of solitude and then you could beat yourself up or you could uncover the bullshit you know what i'm saying mhm so I've, I went through both. I was beating myself up. I went to a, through a level of like, who the fuck? Like, who am I? Like, like, am I really, is this what what's for me? Like, am I supposed to be out here being an artist? Like, am I just, am I just living for social media right now? Like, what, what is going on? So, um, it, it really took me being, like I said, being alone and, and, and really like praying, like praying hard, like just being like, you know, God, like, show me, show me myself. 
I don't don't show me like don't take away. You know how a lot of people pray like take all the toxic people out of my life and blah blah blah. blah. But how do you take? How do you pray for the toxic people to be out your life if you're that toxic person? Oh, you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? So it was a lot of a lot of detoxing that I had to do, like detoxing of negative thoughts and detoxing of just ne- just bullshit that I was ingesting. You know what I'm saying? Like, but what does that look like though? Because I feel like it looks like crying, really... a lot of crying. Mm-hmm. It looks like a lot of writing. It looks like a lot of Ubering. A lot of lifting, a lot of listening to other people's stories when they get into your car and then you yeah. realizing that, oh my God, like life is just happening to everybody. When did you realize that you're like, holy shit, I'm living this like false perception of myself? Like what was that break? Like what was that breaking point when you're like, holy shit, who am I? Because I feel like there's always something, there's mm-hmm. like a catalyst, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not just like social media and you're like oh man that's not really who i am like it's it's a process right i feel like the catalyst to that was like i said when you know when you pray for the toxic people to get out your life and then Mm -hmm. you realize that you're the toxic person excuse me the way that you realize that is when the people that you can account for like that you can count on like i.e iman when Mm -hmm. when those people aren't when you're not really talking to those people or you're you're just kind of like like i said by yourself you start realizing like, oh shit, maybe I'm the problem. Like maybe what I'm doing is the problem. Maybe the way I'm talking to people is the problem. Mm. Maybe the way that I'm talking to myself is the problem. And then I got you. I get what you I got what your question is. The way that I, I, I ended up learning that though is by not just taking myself off social media for a little bit and focusing on like audiobooks and self-help and like i listen to so like i lit every single day i would be listening to like two hour long fucking podcast abraham hicks do you know who that is Mm-mm. oh my god abraham hicks saved my fucking life just because she made me realize that your perception on life is life's perception on you if that makes sense so like the things that you see in life are an example of what you see in yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you go out and everything is toxic all the time and there's a lot of negativity and you're arguing with everybody all the time, eventually you're going to realize, oh, shit, I'm the person that's starting this. Oh, wow. I, yeah. It's the way that I'm interacting with these people that's starting, that's causing them to interact with me this way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily. You know how a lot of you get around and you're like. Even like this situation, like if this was two or three years ago, even if we're not having a defensive conversation, I would already be on the defense, if that makes sense. Mm, like it just because you you aren't really comfortable with yourself. So you're having those internal conversations that are already toxic. So when you actually... Do you speak out? When you and speak you have out, these conversations. It's, it's already that toxic. It's like mm. you're starting, you're starting um, in the middle of the conversation that you already had internally, and you're just spitting it out. So, like, if somebody's like, "How's your day?" It's good, and you're like, Ooh. or like you're just responding in it, like it could be better, or yeah, like you know, something saying just something unnecessary. Negative. It's like, but there's thought, there's a whole thought process that yeah. goes to that. Ugh. Like, there's a reason you said is because you were thinking. 15 seconds before that of oh i'm going through this 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 this, mm. this so then but all you got to that person was 
oh, it's okay. They didn't hear all the other shit that was going on in your brain. Right. Because it could have been, you, somebody could ask you that and you go, oh my God, it's great. It's amazing. It's this, blah, blah, blah. And that, that all goes off of how you are internally. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, I learned all that, like I said, through the solitude, through not talking to the people that I was around because I started realizing the people that I was around was not really for me. Ooh. You know? Yeah. They were for the thought of me and the thought of, oh, you're so cool. You can do music and you can do this and you're great and blah, blah, blah. But they weren't for who I really am mm. and all my baggage and all my extra shit. Like, they didn't care about that shit. They just cared about you could potentially make me some money. Damn. So let's oh focus my gosh, on hold that. Hold that thought. I really need to pee. Go ahead. <laughs> But back to what you were saying, mm-hmm. I really like that you said that, was that there's people who have who see this potential mm-hmm. in you, but solely for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of social media looks like nowadays. Yeah. And I'd love to get your perception on that, because yes, yes, we were yes. just talking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. So how has that like affected your personal relationships because i know in a lot of ways people at least in this situation right like having some sort of platform or having a voice in this community people want to like lean on you and support you but not because they like really fuck with you they want to support themselves but because they're like oh man like i i want to be a guest on that podcast or ugh, like i need to be on there because that's what the cool thing is nowadays mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah um I, it's so funny. I just, so I just unfollowed like 2,000 people on Instagram. Wow. Yeah. And it, it's not because I don't like them and it's not because I think I'm better than anyone, mm-hmm. but it's because I had to get real with myself. And I started to treat Instagram like a popularity contest. Mm. And what I mean by that is I'm going to go to your page, I'm going to see how many followers you got, and then if you got a, a certain amount of followers or I feel like the aesthetic of your page is cool, then I'm just going to use you as a placeholder. So I'm going to get on your followers list. You're going to get on my followers list. It's going to go make our numbers go up, but we're not going to interact with each other. Mm. I'm not going to not going to talk to you. I'm not going to like I'm just going to scroll past your posts. Like, what is that? Right. Like, that's weird. At some mm-hmm. point, it becomes stalkerish. And it's now it's like you have a whole group of stalkers rather than people that you're interacting <laughs> with. True, right. Yeah. Like, I cannot tell you who these people are. I cannot tell you about their background. I cannot tell you about anything about them other mm-hmm. than a post that they post. And they, like, even and I'm such a, a a communicative person that I'm, I, I follow people and I'm like, hey, what's up? I think you're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. You're amazing. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then people, and then they pop up and they just say, seen. Dude, yeah, right, and, and that shouldn't that's not a conversation. Yeah. That's not, and you're being like genuine mm-hmm. and authentic. You're taking time out of your busy ass day, just like they are, but they want like they just want to see those comments. Yeah, come it's in. like, oh, that makes me feel it was like a plus one on my ego board. Mm. Like, no, and it's like I, I had to realize that that's not right. Yeah, that's not cool. Um, I have to take my sanity back because it was I was losing it. And it was, like I said, it was becoming just 
like people were becoming just placeholders and people were be, people were becoming things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's not a, that when, when that starts to happen, we are going to a bad place. Um, I, I made a post on Instagram and it said, and it's so funny because this has got like a lot of like a lot more interaction than I thought it was. But um, I put the post up and it said, y'all focus on who unfollow y'all more than y'all focus on y'all friends. Like y'all focus on like y'all check up on y'all unfollowers like the little everybody has an app right, right. y'all check that yeah. more than y'all would reach out to your friends and say how you doing I how's your totally, day going yep and I that's a problem that. because like why does it matter <clears throat> why does it matter who unfollowed you why does it matter like first of all why are you following people who that even that's even a conversation that you got to mm-hmm. have oh I'm unfollow you just like what the fuck is that it's such a weird it's weird and yeah. like if we don't say anything about it now next year is going to come and then it's going to knock off a little bit of our sanity and there's going to be a little bit of us that's gone that we can't get back it's crazy that now especially like because cyberbullying just got like magnified and is 10 times worse if you think that this is how we feel as adults can you even imagine how children feel exactly and that's that that's what really breaks my heart and i think it's a really important thing to talk about is because you do have to surround yourself with the people who you actually fuck with and And like the people who support you and people who are in your immediate circle and i think um there was a statistic like you know back in the old days and all this stuff is that like we're only really limited as humans to truly know a hundred people and here we are now with the internet and social media and that's expanded to millions like millions thousands and that's a lot for anyone to keep up with we're not supposed to know more than a hundred people you know what i mean and it's just like think about that like your tribe and like the people immediately Mm. who are around you whether it's your family your friends and all that stuff like it's those are the people that you need to care about and i felt like i was kind of going through a crisis as well where i was just like damn like i posted a lot of things to look like a specific person that i wasn't Mm -hmm. and that's why i i kind of like strayed away more from like the ad posts because being a blogger or whatever and i don't really like to associate myself with that world like that world anymore Mm -hmm. because i know that that's not me at the end of the day like i really want to encourage and empower people and use this platform like coughing convos to just like which is amazing thank you i appreciate that to like tell real stories like this like dude like i never really understood your story or knew it i was aware that like you moved here Mm -hmm. and you've gone through a lot but i didn't know all of that the fact that you went like detail for detail and it's just like yo i could just imagine that in my head and it's just like you you experienced that firsthand you took a risk for yourself and yes it led you to a place where you didn't know yourself for like that second you know but here you are you're back Mm -hmm. And you're you're you know you're better than ever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's true though. It's true. I think once we have this like literally like a reality check, like we get to understand like what's truly important and what's not only going to impact your life but those around you. Mm -hmm. So tell us more because I feel since planted dropped and you guys have worked so hard. I saw everything literally. You know what I mean? I saw. 
all you, you guys did, worked Alyssa. so you fucking saw, like, hard. You've heard songs that wasn't even <laughs> yeah. on the uh, on the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I know. I, I feel pretty You're special VIP. about She's that. She's VIP. <laughs> but you guys Snap. literally, like, dude, yeah. killed it. Well, and I think you. what was I amazing that. too was seeing everything come to fruition, come your launch date and your birthday. To see those closest people around you celebrate yeah. with you. And that was and magical. You were there. I was. And it feels you were so one special. of my closest people. Mm, it was awesome. <laughs> I was also Ian's plus one, but it's all good. No, <laughs> you weren't a plus one. I said, I said Alyssa <laughs> I and Ian. Come. I actually said your name before I said his name. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> FYI, it could just because of the it could be because of the alphabet. I know that's how it usually goes, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, um, well, I, what's your question? <laughs> um, it's more so like recognizing like where you are in your in your headspace mm-hmm. and um, since you've launched and everything, because that was a really big deal. Because yeah. you guys, you've worked on this like yeah. over a year, right? Oh, like you, yeah. this was, was literally a work in progress yeah. until it finally you know yeah and the thing is it was the the songwriting process di- isn't the part that took so long it was it was Iman. i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah it was Iman. it was all Iman. <laughs> of planted okay so oh so yeah planted came out on my birthday <laughs> Iman just texted me and told me to talk about the release date yes oh, tell yeah. us more Oh, yes. The release. Oh, okay. Got you. Now I understand. Oh, oh, he talked about it on his episode that you could hear before this. He was like, freaking Apollo. He already said a date before. I'm so dramatic, (laughs) y'all. Oh, my God. All right. So the studio wasn't like, was the studio even done? No, the studio wasn't even (laughs) done. (laughs) We were like painting the walls and I'm like, I got a date. I'm like, I got a date for the album, and we haven't even started the album. And then, like, when I was telling album, I, mean, I said I was telling album. When I was telling Iman like the date, I'm like, oh yeah, bro, I'm gonna come, I'm, I'm gonna do this on my birthday, blah blah blah. Iman thought I was playing. He thought it was a joke. Until one day, I just had like um, like I have these little spurts of just like ADHD. I don't know what it is, but one day I just posted it on Instagram, and I was like, <laughs> Planted coming out January 27th, and but when I put it up, I had like twenty or thirty like like you know like when it shows that people archive like and saved your post. Yeah, I had like twenty or thirty people save it, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Whoa! And then like, but no, I was happy, right? I was like, "Oh yeah!" And I'm an always is that person that brings me back to reality. I'm like, "Yeah, bro, the album coming out. We got about 30, 40 people who want to, you know, they saving it, they saving the countdown." And Iman looks at me and goes. Bro, you didn't even start recording this yet. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, it shouldn't take too long. <laughs> but I didn't account for the fact that this is a studio and other people have to get in here. And Iman also has to do his job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I also have to get... I didn't even have all the beats. I didn't even have all the songs done. Like, I had, like, three songs. <laughs> I had, like, three songs halfway done. Right? But then that wow. goes into why I was saying, like, this you lose friends and all types of shit because with with me i feel like um and i said this to one of the people um who actually assisted with the project i let them know i was like hey bro i think that you sometimes let my talent um overshadow my experience 
And what I mean by that is um, when I said that I was going to have this date and everything, like it sent everybody into a frenzy, meaning that like the producers, the engineers and everything. And they felt as if I was like trying to do something scandalous, you know, as if like maybe I got signed by somebody and I was trying to just take the music and just put it out. Yeah. Like literally these are conversations I had. Like people were like, how are you just going to have a date? And we haven't even did this and blah, blah, blah. And like, and that's why I said, I think sometimes you let my talent overshadow my experience. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I just know how to make music. I know how to sing and I know how to write. Mm-hmm. And I know that's all, that's, that's about the furthest extent to what I can give you, you know, as far as like my, my experience. Now I know a little bit more now, but at that time when it was all going down, I just knew that. I have an Instagram and I want to post that I'm coming out with an album and that's what the fuck I'm doing. Excited, yeah, I'm excited. Right? Like yeah. I'm happy. Um, but like that, it didn't translate to that with everybody else. Everybody else was like, "Well, do you know you got to do this and you know you got to do this and mm. you know you got to put your album out four days up on uh, you have to put your your album out, uh like seventy two hours before it comes out on on TuneCore. Like, so you're saying the 27th, but it really needs to be done by the 24th. And ah. it's going to take a certain amount of time for mixing, a certain amount of time for mastering. It's going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to do a lot of stuff. Like, we don't even have a album. We don't even have an album. Ian, Ian will tell you, we literally, the yeah. album cover got done the same day we posted it to TuneCore. I remember seeing Yeah, you that. know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, so I put a lot of pressure on everybody else. And I don't apologize <laughs> because it happened. <laughs> and I mean, Were you, I, did you ever think of like postponing or pushing back the date though? Nope. <laughs> I was like, this shit is coming out when I say it's coming out, and that's what the fuck's going to happen. <laughs> but um, now going forward, I'm not going to do that <laughs> just because it. Um, we could have definitely pushed it a little stronger. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as like, I could have strategy, just things I've learned. Like, um, I could have put it up to a lot more playlists on Spotify, like, and actually, you know, got some curators on it and like, you know, really like pushed it, pushed it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, hindsight is 2020. You learn. I feel like if I wouldn't have done this, it probably would have never came out. Because it would have been like, oh, well, it could be better now. Or I could put another song on there. Or I could do this. Or I could do that. So it was like, when I gave myself that date, it was like, it's got to happen. And you just put that pressure. Yep. And, and had, like you were well under pressure. I had to. So, um, so yeah. So, shit. <laughs> we, we went into a frenzy. Like, I had, I, I'm talking about screaming matches on the phone with people. Because they thought that I was trying to, like, undermine them. Mm. Like, you ne- you haven't even invited me to the studio and blah blah blah. And I'm like, first of all, why do I need to invite you anywhere? Like, this is my project. Like, I, like you did your part. You did your part, and I now I have to do my part. And the reason it was so, so like hectic like that, it's just because everybody was under stress. Like, I felt like the uh, the the unintentional stress I put on everyone else ended up backfiring on me. So then that also put ten times more stress on me. Mm. So now it's like, I don't got time to deal with Joe's stress because I'm stressing, right? So, um, so people, you know, people start feeling a certain type of way about it. And, you know, I apologize. I say whatever, but, you know, life goes on. And it's out now. it's out now. So how do you feel now that it's been out? Because I know we had this intention to do some, like, really cool shit, which we just will at a later time. Um, But how do you feel now that it's out? It's been a few months 
I feel like it's still not completely out yet because I have more stuff I want to do with it. Mm, and I know what those mm. are. Wink, wink. <laughs> you know. Are you going to share a little something? Some... Mm, should I? Mm. It's, it's up to you. I will if you want me to. <clears throat> it's just a different, because it's the same project. You just yeah. want to add something. Yeah visual exactly okay that's so, all you um, have to say yeah exactly so um, it's gonna be the, the exact same project but um it's not gonna be music based though it's not gonna be any music in the visuals it may be like a little bit of music but it's not gonna be like a music video you know mm. um it's going to be really really um it's heavy heavily cinematic you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not, not necessarily like any type of music video type of situation but um and i'm gonna be working with ian because he's great and he's, he's amazing, amazing at everything he does and shout out to his his short film that he just did it was really really cool is it, it was, called like Re- relive or Re- um i don't know it was really dope basically was, the, yeah, the whole know. process of it is like this girl she i'm plugging in because yeah. my dude but um so so this girl she's in a wheelchair and then she puts on like this virtual reality type of head band and she goes to sleep and then she wakes up and she's at this place called Relive or Revive I'm or something. Of the, I, I can't really remember right now. But um, basically what it is is... Take It Back. Take it, Oh, it's called Take It Back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's called um, Take It Back. And where the fuck did I get Relive or Revive? But um, so basically what it does is it, 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 it goes through a timeline of her life, but it starts at the end. Well, not the end, but it starts where she is and then it goes back to the beginning. So she was able to go through like different monumental stages of her life to see if a she wants to change it or keep it the same. Now, one of the things she changed, um, but then everything like and that was her being nicer to like a guy named Andrew, basically, who she ended up marrying. You know, we're saying at the end. But um, you would think that she would change the fact that she's in a wheelchair. You know, what I'm saying she mm-hmm. had the opportunity mm-hmm. to change that 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 pertinent spot and she didn't because she was like i realized this has made me who i am and it's so funny because this is kind of like how i feel like if i would go back i would not change anything i wouldn't change me being damn near homeless well i was homeless for a couple of times but um i wouldn't change any of that because like i said it made me who i am now and i I have all the lessons and i can teach my kids or i could teach younger kids or Mm -hmm. whoever now you know going forward so shout out to ian because he did an amazing job on that short film so Kudos Yay. to you, my friend. Um, shout out to Iman just because that's my dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out to Drove. Shout out to Amanda. Oh, I also worked on Amanda Adams' project. Yes, it's called Living Single. That. She doesn't like for me to tell people that I wrote those songs, but <laughs> she definitely helped me write the songs. And I love her. And she's an amazing artist. And she's the next Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Right, she truly is. She really no, she's amazing. She really is. She's a amazing artist. It's so funny because she sent me a text message um, of Mariah Carey, and it was it's, it's so funny because Mariah Carey in every one of her interviews, she's like, I look at myself more as a songwriter. I've worked on this and I've done this and I've done this and it's the same like for years. Like she all oh, that's all she says. Oh, that's like her yeah, script she was basically. Like, yeah, she was, and she texted me. She was like, "This is gonna be you when you get up there." She was like, "You're gonna be telling everybody that what songs you wrote." It's like you damn right. I feel like that is my claim to fame. But um, yeah, Golden Gold Standard has opened up a lot of opportunities for me. Yeah. Um, I've met a lot of great people. Uh, done a lot of great projects we're still going to be doing a lot more projects that are amazing um but san diego in general though has really like 
crafted me into the man that I am today. Aww. I'm still learning, still going through things, but I had to go through things to get here, you know? I love that. So. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty I, cool. Like, we could talk for literally hours. Yeah, we could, we're probably going to talk a little bit more after this. But. Yeah, for sure. But um, before we go, and there will be a part two to this eventually. Hey. Um, Hopefully some music involved. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Like, that concept is going to roll yeah, out very fine. soon. Um, But... What is a piece of advice that you would give to aspiring creatives and entrepreneurs and anyone who's like having trouble just navigating this space or just needs that like extra push from you? Um, I would say love yourself and love the people that are around you wholeheartedly because that's going to help you navigate and that's how you're going to see who's really here for you. Um, and then also look back on the things that you've done to see how like how you've progressed and also how talented you are because sometimes when we're stuck in our new endeavors and or we we get into some type of frenzy to where we like got a brain fart or whatever the situation may be we forget how talented we are um so i'm the reason i'm saying that is because yesterday i was um i was driving to work and i always have like my little prayer my little conversations because i have an hour drive to work every day Hour there, hour back. Um, so, I, you know, I turn the music off or whatever, and I really, really just sit and I talk to God. And I'm like, you know what? Just guide me on whatever I need to do. Thank you, God, for wisdom, discernment, clarity, love, humility, you know, all the all the things. Um, abundance, not just in material things, but, you know, in the things that really matter. But I do want some abundance in the material things, too. <laughs> but <laughs> Which you, um, yeah, which you should feel like you deserve, yeah, right? Exactly. I feel like so many people are so shy to say that they want to be a millionaire or that they want certain yeah, you things, want that. You, you know? Like it. you want to you you get a little piece of heaven on earth. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But um make sure that you you look back though. Like I said, cuz I was going through my archives in my phone on my Instagram cuz I used to post like you know my verses and all this stuff on Instagram all the time. And then I told me to stop posting them. So I took them down. But um I was going back and I was just listening to myself and just like my writing ability and just my singing ability. And I was really surprised. I was like, oh, wow, I got a lot of good stuff. Like, cause like, like I said, sometimes you just get in that rut where you're like, mm-hmm. I don't feel creative right now. Okay, I yeah. don't because you let life consume you. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times the best art is inspired by life. So you have to go through that in order to get great art. Right. Yeah. So, um, like to to wrap it all up just love those who love you and don't be by like don't try to be biased with it like don't treat life like instagram like don't only love people that you feel can do something for you like those aren't relationships mm-hmm. that's not a relationship that's a business you know what i'm saying yeah like you need to have you need to have a business relationships but you also need to have personal relationships too you need to sometimes sit down and talk to your friends or your family and say hey What's going on? And don't let them give you the, the, the same mundane answer of everything's okay. Okay, if they say okay, if they say everything's okay, ask them two or three more times. How's everything going? Are you, is everything really okay? And also do that for yourself too. Like don't be afraid to have those hard conversations with yourself because that's how you, that's how you progress. You know? Like a lot of the times we shy away from shit and that Instagram is a lot of the fault for it. Like when we have those, 
those times where we're like, oh, we're feeling bad about ourselves or whatever the situation may be, we use something as a distraction. Mm-hmm. We don't need those distractions. We need to go through it to get through it, right? Yeah. So go through this. Go through your shit, man. Dig it. Dig it up, and make art out of it, because that's how you connect, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I got. Oh, <laughs> and then one last question, because yes. I love to ask every single guest if they were sitting down having coffee and combos with someone, who would you have a coffee and combos with? Alyssa. Oh. You're so sweet. That's not that's not the answer you want. Huh? That's not the answer I want, though. <laughs> We're already having it. Okay, okay, <laughs> I guess. Um, if I could sit down and have a coffee and combo with anyone, dead or alive, right? Mm-hmm. It would have to be probably my grandma. Oh. Because my grandma, my grandma died when I was like seven or eight, and um. I feel like we had we had an amazing relationship because she raised me, yeah. but um, I f- we had a grandmother child relationship, you know, grandmother kid relationship. So I feel like I would get so much more out of talking to her if, like now than I would when I was a kid, oh, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of the times, like I don't really like to talk to like I wouldn't I don't, I'm not too entertained by like talking to like celebrities or like. Even people who, like, are mentors. Like, I'd rather talk to somebody who I can really, like, get some shit out of. Like, family or friends. Like, I really enjoy talking to my friends. Like, I really enjoy talking to my family. Like, that's because that's the real. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, the the world is a stage. So, a lot of times, you're not going to get the real from a lot of people. That's very true. You know? Because everybody wants to put on the facade and they want to show you who they want you to think that they are. Mm-hmm. And I don't got time for that shit. Because a, a lot of times I see deeper, like, I feel like that's why I don't really have a, too many conversations with people. And listen, we've talked about this before. Yeah. But because I feel like people don't give you the real, like, they just want to just sugarcoat shit and just go over it. Like, mm-hmm. and that shit pisses me off. And I'm the kind of person to be like, yeah, you're lying. And then now we arguing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, whatever. But, um, yeah, that's about all I got. Love it. And if people do want to follow you on social media. Don't follow me. No, just like. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess check you out. Um, you can follow me at Apollo Lasan. It's A-P-O-L-L-O-L-A-S-O-N. That is my Instagram. That's also my Spotify. You can look me up on iTunes. You can look me up on Tidal, um, YouTube. Um, and also, you can also stream my album on trendeddojo.com. That's that's my god brother's um, website. So it's T R N D D O J O.com. And he has amazing um, like merchandise as far as like clothing. He's actually starting to do like shoes. Like he's Go. he's getting it popping. So shout out to Lee. Shout out to Dewan and Brandy too because they getting married. <clears throat> yeah there you go that's all i got awesome well thanks for being here thank you for having me of course i appreciate it i've been waiting my whole life for this every time i see Alyssa, i say we're gonna do our coffee and combos mm-hmm. now and we're doing today's it today's the day hey that's dope <laughs> well, thank you so much thank you i'm gonna cut your shit off <laughs>